everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. I'm Jack Allison. And, and today we're joined by our special guest, Katie Halper of the Katie Halper Show. She's a comedian, a uh, a filmmaker, a uh, uh, internet uh, shit stirrer, according to some, um, and also a Nazi sympathizer, <laughs> apparently. Uh, uh, Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Congrats on the show, by the way. Mm. Uh, thank you, Katie. Well, thank it's, you. Yeah. It's good to have two Jewish Nazi leftists <laughs> in this room. It's, or, a numbers, it's a numbers game. They're safety numbers. So I, I feel like you guys are two extremely controversial Twitter Jews. Two, <laughs> <laughs> the extreme Jews of Twitter.com. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. ETJ. <laughs> I uh yeah I wanted to talk to you uh, to start I wanted to talk to you actually about your documentary Connie Camp because oh, I, yeah. I watched the trailer and I was I was blown away I had no <gasps> idea a camp like this even existed yeah yeah I actually need so okay yeah thanks for having me on the show and I'm need I I'm right in the process now of trying to figure out what to do with Connie Camp because I made it sure. and the world has kind of changed uh, and so I really want to do a new intro but. I really kind of, I don't want to do any more filming because I have so much footage. I would just like to kind of tweak the opening so it's more relevant to today. So what, what is it, like, what is the deal with Camp Kinderland? How many years did you go to Camp Kinderland? And uh, uh, what, what is it like over there? So I went to Kinderland, I started going when I was 11, and then I worked as a counselor. And my mom went there, my grandmother worked there, my uncle went there. Um, and so wait. I guess for people that don't know, like necessarily oh, what yeah, it is, yeah. Sorry, like sorry, yeah. what, what is Camp Kinderland? Also, okay. Kinderland, 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 or Kinderland? I, Kinderland. 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 It's, it's, it's it's a com it's a summer camp that was founded in 1923 by secular socialists, Jews, and communists, and it actually still exists, which a lot of people are surprised by, and. It split. There's a split between them and Kinder. Their Kinderland, Children's Land in Yiddish, and then Kinder Ring is Children's Circle. So Kinder Ring split off from them. But it's kind of interesting because when I made the documentary, I was pretty like not open about the communist origins, and I feel like I did what I used to do a lot, which was make fun of the right for pretending something is communist mm -hmm. without kind of engaging. What so? What if it is communist? Mm -hmm. Because so much of the right was pretending that liberal things were communist, right? Uh, you know, actually, and in my in the documentary, I have a scene from one of my stand-up performances where I said something like, "I hate when people call Obama a socialist because it gets my hopes up," but it's kind of <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, it is true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, would have been nice if he actually yeah. was that yeah. leftist, right? I, my, yeah, my favorite version of Obama was the version that like Glenn Beck was talking about. Yeah. That, like I wish that that was the real guy. Right. So, but so the kids are really it, cute, and it's, it raises a lot of interesting questions about indoctrination versus education. Like, what happens at the camp? So, like, you know, I, I understand that it is in some way uh, uh, like a socialist, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, I, the ideals of socialism are sort of behind the yeah. camp. But like, but what happens on a day to day basis? Like, what are the so kids doing? Are you doing like arts and crafts? And yeah. Shit? So we well, do every we do our other normal things, but then there's some things that are normal, and then a lot of the normal things we do are done with some kind of like social justice flair to it. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. And not the annoying way we use social justice, but uh, <laughs> like the real way, actually, the real way. But um, so we we'll have, talk about that. yeah, we'll talk in a second. So we have arts and crafts, we have swimming, we have, you know, sports. But here's the deal: you you play sports 
uh, at the Roberto Clemente Sports Shack. Mm -hmm. And theater stuff is out of the uh, Paul Robeson Playhouse. <laughs> and the bunks are named, like, Harriet Tubman. She's one of our least controversial ones, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, there's Cheney, which is for Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney. Joe Hill. Ringo Bloom, who is this Yiddish poet. And Fr and Frank is other more low-hanging fruit, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes that my one, that, one, that one's for the crowd, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, there's a funny extra scene. I have to I have to really put this movie out. I'll feel so much better about myself, too, getting it out there. But there's a funny <laughs> scene where they're debating what to name the next bunk because they're adding a bunk. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, counselors in training suggests Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. Mm -hmm. And there's a big controversy because for a lot of the administration, that's just not – he's not brave enough. And, <laughs> you know, he was nice, but a lot of the kids like him. So this guy uh, who runs the – who one of the directors of the camp – it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard from kids that uh, they just don't, they don't care for, for Rogers. He's talking about, <laughs> he, spoke, he had spoken to his daughter, who at that time was like six or something, I guess. And he was like, That's I mean, that no more matter. obvious lie I've ever heard than little kids don't like Mr. Rogers. Well, I don't know how much they know about him. But they don't know him anymore. They're too young. Saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so he was like, um. He was like, I mean, that may not be relevant. Like, they could not care for Anne Frank. It doesn't matter. We'd still have the bunk. But uh, and anyway, so, so then we we have Holocaust Commemoration Day, which a lot of Jewish camps do. But we're not just a Jewish camp. We mm -hmm. were a Jewish camp that always had non-Jews, and we also do Hir Hiroshima Day. So, uh, in fact, there's a scene. And what do you do? What yeah. do you do for Hiroshima Day? Yeah. Well, I, I talked about this a couple episodes with Gabe. We actually uh, reminisced. Well, I didn't plan to talk about it, but it was right after my birthday, which is July 11th. So we were talking about, and, and Gabe messed up and was like, I said something about how important July 11th is and we have to all celebrate it. And it's a big holiday on the left. And he's like, yeah, so don't forget, celebrate September 11th. No, he said 9-11. He said and I was like, you mean 7-11? He's like, oops, did I just say 9-11? I was like, yeah. He's like, soup, sorry. And then I said something like, you know, another holiday you should not celebrate is Hiroshima Day. And uh, which is just passed. And poor Nagasaki gets no no credit whatsoever. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. They're like the Tobago to Trinidad, as I said on the show. I'm, Nobody I'm cares owning that. I'm recycling that joke. So well, I know they barely care about Hiroshima. So you can imagine how much they mm. really don't care about Nagasaki. But um, we do this thing where we wake the kids up early, and they're wearing all white, which is the Japanese color of mourning. M O U R N. ING. And then they walk down to the waterfront and it's all silent. And then we, uh, then the campers in training, the CITs, you know, give a little talk, a spiel about what happened. And then we sing uh, this really dark song called Hiroshima Girl, mm -hmm. and which is like a first person narrative about a girl who's dead. Literally, she's like, For I'm dead, for I'm dead. Um, and then we sing Where Have All the Flowers Gone? We put flowers in the lake. It's really beautiful. But one famous year, the cultural director then had taken his day off, which is weird because it's a big part of the cultural program. And mm. uh, I guess he forgot Maybe about it. Maybe he both celebrate Hiroshima Day on his own. He could have. He may have, yeah, he may have needed to commemorate it in the yeah. underwater. Sure. Um, <laughs> in, in silence. But he, I guess he forgot about it. And then he came back to the shore or whatever, and he was doing like really loud swimming. <laughs> uh, and we, everyone was looking it was kind of amazing i mean it sounds like the shabbat dinners are a lot of fun <laughs> oh no we are <laughs> so fundamentally like fanatically secular that 
this is how not religious the camp is. Like we do things on Saturdays that I don't even didn't even realize like religious people can't do like trips and stuff. Mm. Um, in fact, this woman who this woman or Weinstein who glads I'm such a raging anti-Semite Goldstein Gladstone. <laughs> um, she, a self-hating Jew. If I really oh, was, she, she told me in this one of these interviews that I did with her, she was like, you know, I, I, I like certain religious, I'm not that religious, but I like certain religious things. And, you know, I was saying how good. it would be nice to have a, have a, a, sh a Shabbat dinner or some kind of ritual dinner on Fridays at the camp. And people were like, yeah, sure. But like, obviously no candles because it can't be religious. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah. mean, it's really interesting because like the, the, so the, the Jewish socialist left has had such a, a rich history in this country and it really feels like it's being buried right now. I, I worry about that a lot. I really feel like conservatism, that conservatism mm. has, has really taken control of, of the Jewish community in general. And it's like a hard thing to talk about, especially because you're dealing with like friends and family and, but like the rightward shift over the last few years really kind of freaks me out because yeah. it's not, I don't know how we go back to like the days of Abraham, Joshua Heschel. And even before that, you know, anarchist not Abraham then yeah. Abraham was a dick to his son. Really? Aww. See, I didn't well, know that. Today. Wait, Abraham, I mean the original the original oh. OGA. Oh no, oh so, oh oh the oh oh the oh you mean Abraham like Isaac sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was talking about like uh I know, Heschel. 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 Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I was just thinking I'm an about asshole. Isaac. Yeah. No, you're not an asshole. We were I was too dumb to understand either side of that joke. Yeah, it's, it'll get a little Jewy. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, let's let's defuse the Jew. We, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well I do okay, I do want to ask you, what was it like? So I, I came to leftism, you know, as an adult, as I think most people do. So what was it? And but your mother went to this camp, and your yeah. grandmother went to this camp. Yeah, oh you're the you're the only non-recovering liberal here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, although I dabbled in it, but it was always with the very strong self-awareness of of not being liberal or being to the left of liberals, but kind of working with them. But that's mm. uh, I don't know what it's like because I never had any other. Uh, comparison, but I mean, it, I definitely have said this before. I kind of am imp impressed by people who come to it on their own. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, we try. <laughs> you, you listen to I don't know if you I guess you're right. We are the real heroes. Yeah. You listen to Nostalgia Trap. I did want his show, and it was cool because we talked a lot about my uh, background and upbringing. Um, and I, you know. It's it, when you're from New York City, you don't realize it's weird to be from New York City when you're growing up because everyone else is growing up in New York City. Sure. And then people move in. But um, yeah, Somewhere I mean, in LA actually. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, yeah. But you know, my best, my closest friends are are from that camp, which I think makes sense. You know, lots of shared values, and I think the camp was really different. I know it was back then. It was much more of a it was like a real refuge for people on the left during the McCarthy era. It almost got shut down, but now it's not as, you know, it's like, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, it's not like I lived a persecuted life at all, but I definitely had like, you know, camp was where the people in my politics really were, as opposed to just the liberals in New York. And, but they're in Massachusetts, right? Well, it's what it is. I mean, it's weird that yeah. we are there, it's just, uh, but there was a, oh God, so biblical. There was a time where we were the camp was like wandering from place to place, uh, trying to find a new home. Forty years in the desert. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah but, 
it was like the 70s, I think, when they did it. And most of the people come from New York City. Some of them are from Boston. It's almost all New York City. And then a smattering of people from different places. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a good uh, time. Camp Kinderland, send your kids there. Camp Kinderland. Camp Kinderland. Yeah. You know, people talk about indoctrination and things like that. But, like, we are products of, uh, I mean, our generation. And every, anybody under the age of 35 spent their entire life like watching commercials, watching right. ads. Like yeah. that's, that's indoctrination. We've been indoctrinated into wanting all this shit that we don't need our whole right. lives. Like the idea right. that anyone could be like, like Neutral? against, oh. against indoctrination. You know what I mean? Right. Like that anyone is like upset about indoctrination and indoctrination being done to our children. Uh, uh, it's a silly thing to be upset about. Well, that's, it's interesting because I wrote a piece about this a while ago called in defense of indoctrination or something, but <laughs> um, it's interesting because I think what's dangerous, I mean, I always say this, like with, with writing or with any kind of journalism, it's just much more honest to be, to like own your perspective, I think. And I think the more dangerous thing is to pretend that there's anything that's not indoctrinating in some way or sure. that the status quo isn't indoctrination. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like not, you know, not we, so kids, let's say they learn about sweatshop stuff at, at Kinderland and it's not in a totally age inappropriate way, but there's some people who are like, oh, that's too much for kids to learn about. That's too much to handle. Well, I mean, it's kind of a small sacrifice compared to the kids who work in sweatshops. Yeah, but uh, also the idea, right, is to like end, I mean, it really- Better to be those kids. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's the, the point of it, right, is to like create a kid who will, who will grow up and be that organizer who gets rid of XYZ or that lawyer who sues Disney and makes them, you right. know, whatever. That's um, a good thing. Yeah. Right. It yeah. seems like a lot of this, like, sort of anti, especially people who are super against, you know, leftist indoctrination are just like, uh, just shut up for a little while longer. They're just like trying to keep the con going for right. like another yeah, yeah. couple minutes. Like, yeah. uh, uh, stay duped. And I, yeah. And I mean, I don't think, like, God forbid people are more. God forbid people learn an oversimplified narrative about Hiroshima that's like more critical about atomic bombs and less critical, you know? Like, <laughs> God I mean, forbid I, anybody has a negative connotation with the right. atomic bomb. Right. So I think, I mean, I think emotion, I mean, lots of people like to separate kind of morality and emotion and feelings from politics, but it's all empathy. Hey, I think. hey, 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 facts don't care about your feelings, Katie. <laughs> yeah. well, and, just, and as we found out at Politicon, well, we didn't go to it, but facts still matter. Facts with still matter. Reed, oh, uh, no, what happened? I don't even know. We, didn't, we, we spent like it. three hours there and left. Yeah, uh, it was, it was, it was one of the Where was it? I was in California, right? Pasadena. Pasadena, yeah. Uh, it was fucked. It was like, you know, it's just whatever. We talked about it before, but it's like, uh, it's just politics for sport. And actually, the thing that was maybe most disgusting was the bipartisanship of it all. Oh, was sorry, I mean, everybody yeah. rubbing shoulders. It's so The, the MAGAs oh, yeah. and the Pod Save America people standing in line together. And, like, and, they, call on us, and, they, say, and they say that we're the ones who are like uh, rubbing shoulders, rubbing elbows with the MAGA people. Oh, They're it's like ridiculous. Literally rubbing shoulders. Right. They're, They're in line. line, yeah, to see I Roger mean, Stone and John Favreau together <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> let's talk about the other thing, right? Okay. Yeah. What's let's that? talk about okay. Belatsky Gate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so okay, let's, yeah. Let's get into it. So um, we're meant talking about um, how the left is often accused of making a common cause with the alt right, even oh, though God. it's yeah. it's not remotely um, true. And you were recently accused of doing the same as well. And I guess we should say, like from the jump, right? We started this show 
to basically live out the thing that you were trying to um, express, basically of providing an infrastructure online for people to get funneled to leftist ideas instead of alt-right ideas, right? Like there's not a lot of leftism as far as like gaming and nerd culture goes. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a smattering of liberalism. There's a shitload of fascist Nazi shit, right. but there's and, not really a lot of leftist stuff. Yeah, go ahead, JZB. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem with, I mean, modern pop culture is it seems to be like all corporate culture between two brands of sorts. One brand being straight up the fascism, MAGA, alt-right bullshit, and the other brand being, yeah, corporate wokeness, performative liberalism, you know, like have a, you know, we need more women in Goldman Sachs, and <laughs> it, it's the kind of stuff that, I mean, frankly, when you're battling racism and sexism through, uh, through you know, enriching the one percent, like it, it, it gives the alt right ammo to recruit, and so it's this fuck. I mean, Angela Nagel to talk about it, and, and and then they're going after her too. They're going after you. They're going after a lot of leftist women you who know, also don't them, exist. You know who they're not going after is interestingly enough Emmett Renson, who tweeted mm. one thing about how Angela Nagel knows more about this stuff than Nor Berlatsky does. I don't think he went on a uh, like a, a rager against him. Uh, I don't think he now not to, talking use, about not to use the near a tandem tactic, but why could that be? Mm. I wonder <laughs> why you're, that is. You're misogynist, or maybe not misogynist. I don't throw this word around. Usually, I use this word because I'm mocking people for overusing it, so mm. I shouldn't say that. I, I will say this: I don't under like. I don't know if he's. Is he just an well, well, let's back up. Yeah, we got to do the Vox explainer oh, to yeah, the list. The there was a bunch of um, press about Topo, whether Topo's bad, whether Topo's good. Uh, some people attack, a lot of people attacking it from the center. A few people criticizing it from the left because of some uh, unwoke language they use at times. But you basically um, made the point on your uh, post, basically saying that Topo and other things like it are valuable because they're providing this alternate channel for people to funnel into like a lot of people are getting to leftism because of it and because of your show as well you've been running this show for a very long time that's become very popular uh, there's uh, delete your account there's all these uh other shows that are increasing this online presence of leftism and increasing the dialogue around it and like none of them are perfect none of nobody is you know without fault but there should be some solidarity from leftists with other leftists who are trying to, you know, expand the horizon and are succeeding at that. And that's basically all you were saying is, is that, you know, we have to offer an alternative to Nazis. That's it. That's all you were right. saying. And this guy called Norbert Lansky, who's a writer uh, of Playboy, Mm. Who uh, woke heads to yeah. Woke head orders. Yeah, Playboy's woke now. I don't know if you know this. They do a lot of like gender articles in between the centerfolds. Um, he's famous for writing a book about Wonder Woman, but not actually reviewing the Wonder Woman movie for some reason, which is kind well, of strange reviewed, to me. He reviewed the Chapo review right. of Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Talk about cultural and, and mediation. <laughs> yeah, so and that's I'm sure that has nothing to do with him wanting to write Wonder Woman someday for DC Comics and not wanting to piss off Warner Brothers by pointing out what a dog shit movie it actually is. But I digress. So he t he was he decided rather late to jump on the Chapo bashing bandwagon, and initially he took aim strangely enough at 
not the guys in Chapo who he's had beef with for years before the podcast existed. And I'm sure that has nothing to do with his issue with the podcast, but he took kind of took aim at Am- Amber Elite Frost, uh, one of the female co-hosts of the show, who is a feminist scholar. I know she teaches at like uh, in grad school, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So she definitely knows a lot more than um, Noah does. Yeah, she knows a lot about feminism, but in he first reviewed when he reviewed the podcast, he kind of said none of the hosts knew or cared about feminism, right? Which was obviously, all right, oh, right. then we tweeted about and, that. Yeah, he had to get called on it, and um. And he was he got really offended because uh, I guess we have to get into the Marston thing. But um, so <laughs> Noah's theory about Wonder Woman is that she's super feminist and woke because the guy who created her was kind of was really kinky, basically. Like, he liked to get beach. tied up. Yeah, he had a very yeah. specific. Yeah, he also invented who, the who did? Character, right? William Marston Rules, I think it's the guy who William, created William Marston, Woman. the guy who created Wonder Woman. He was like, uh, he believed that women were superior to men. He liked getting beat up by them. Like, he was it, into it bondage, and then he also created the live. Okay. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know about the sexual pathology of uh, uh, and what's going on with the Wonder Woman uh, character. Right. Yeah. So, and Noah's um, grand feminist theory is based around this guy. And when this was explained to Amber on the podcast, she basically said, no, that's fucking stupid. That's just guys who want to get their kinks off and call it feminist. He took great offense at that and wrote this big, long post complaining about podcasts. And then he quoted you and your tweet storm and kind of dragged you into it. And he complete, he called you a Chapo fan, I believe. He, Chapo, uh, as, supporter. Of, Chapo supporter. Mm. Chapo supporter and left podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, he called you Katie um, Halpers repeatedly. Um, he had no idea who you were. He had no idea who Amber was. But In all fairness, still... I had no idea who it is, but. You got to do yeah, homework yeah, yeah, on the people did. you're dragging. Yeah, seriously. And then when you were kind of, and you responded like a lot nicer than um, most people would have, like you That's actually tried, to, yeah, you actually tried to engage him um, in a conversation and say, no, you're misquoting me. You're misunderstanding me. Cause this basically was, was claiming that you think, well, well I think his basic claim was that when you say that uh, Chapo are uh, alter- leftist, need to a perform- viable alternative, right. yeah, a viable alternative. We're trying to attract Nazis. Like no. we're trying to attract people before they become Nazis, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Before they're recruited about, by the GOP. What's, what's scary about that idea of his is that it's a really oddly like essentializing and just not very smart. Forget le- liberal left. It's just a kind of weird, like reductionist. Like human beings are inherently evil or bad. Like in the side of every one of us, there's either a Nazi or a, a fairy godmother or whatever. I don't know what the like cool thing would be. But the idea that like we're not constantly competing for people's kind of uh, alliances or or support or allegiance or um, having our backs. I mean, we are. That's what politics are. And the idea that that's what I was making fun of during my podcast, which he totally, you know, which now people are saying I want to befriend Nazis. I mean, I think what they think I'm saying is like I, I go around to different Nazi meetings and try to, you know, do some Jewish folk dancing for them and like try to, you know, make people. Yeah, they, they love it. They love the horror. Yeah. I mean, I, I just was like. So, you know, so right. let me, let me ask you, Katie, what do you yeah. think it is about leftist women that infuriates uh, centrist feminists? What do you think it is about leftist women that makes them so fucking angry that, that the center has to not even just centrist feminists, just centrist in general. Uh, they, the well, way yeah. that they erase 
progressive women and leftist feminists and Marxist feminists, the idea that they don't exist. Why is it that they either don't exist or they're Nazis? It doesn't seem to be like, what, what do you think it is that makes them so fucking angry here? They hide behind this wokeness narrative, right? Where everything they, they try to discredit left ideas by saying, you know, Oh, single payer. That's, that's nice for if you're a straight white man, maybe you have the luxury of, of fighting for that, but the rest of us can't do that because we have I to love, I, I don't love know fucking what. hanging out in my man cave and just yeah. uh, uh, having one, having the government pay for my healthcare uh, coverage. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, so it disrupts the narrative that like it's inherently sexist to be on the left or that mm. it's in se- inherently a bro space, right? Because just the demographic evidence of having non white people, non men on the left, non cis people. Uh, gender, queer, whatever, everything across the the board, uh, across the gamut, that is not good PR for people who pretend that their politics of centrism uh, and moderation, you know, moderate centrism or neoliberalism is is in the name of civil rights and uh, equality for, you know, on gender and sexuality and all that stuff. Right. So they can't, Mm -hmm. they can't like abide by the fact that we're kind of interrupting their optics. being a leftist comic well i used to do something called laughing liberally which obviously i can't believe it i would i don't know what it's like i mean i I get a lot of my stuff out creative stuff i guess i need to go back to performing more but i do a lot of things through my radio show Hmm. although i do want to start maybe doing some pre-recorded things for that but yeah i mean i i definitely don't enjoy the liberal stuff i used to enjoy and lots of cases the comedy stuff and i'm kind of like i don't know i'm just like grossed out by things that i used to really be impressed by or used to really enjoy and now i'm kind of like this is everything that's wrong with liberals when i watch stuff so yeah yeah i know what you're talking about because i've gone through this exact same thing right so i really like colbert and i still think he's one of the smartest funniest people that out there now of the among the well-known people that we know of right um but like oh you know Trevor Noah oh it's because I'm it's cause Trevor I'm Noah right. fucking sucks. He sucks no Trevor yeah. Noah like he sucks he's not a smart he sucks. guy he's not like, that I don't think he like knows he's not that political yeah. yeah it's such an odd time because we're at one of the funniest times politically sort of objectively and we're at we're also at the time when political comedy is maybe at its worst and it's I can blandest in my lifetime like the most and mainstream. It's Blandest. Blandest, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still am pissed off, and this is such a stupid thing to still be mad about, but, like, 
that SNL cold open after the election, like, really, really made me fucking furious. Like, that this is oh, the most it was so bad. I didn't watch it, so I don't it was, know. I mean, it was the thing when Hillary, they had her, the one dresses Hillary sing Hallelujah on oh, Right. Yeah. As if they didn't, as if Trump didn't just host the fucking show like a year ago. Well, I mean, also, it's like, you know, this is like, you know, uh, uh, the premier comedy show. They have all of, like, supposedly the best comedy writers and the best comedic take that they could come up with on the weekend after the craziest election of all time was that a musician also died that week. Oh, yeah, that was really bad. That's a good song, though. Leonard Leonard Cohen's great, and... uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure his ghost hated that cold open too. <laughs> so let me ask you this laughing liberally. Did you like, did you just go to normal clubs or was this like for, you know, political? It was, it was a show that we would do at a certain place. Okay. Yeah. Can, can you not mention Like place? at a bar called Jimmy's. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to be, it's going to be like very New Yorkian or whatever. But yeah. Um, no, I mean, Jimmy's I... downtown. Jimmy's. Jimmy's, it's just called. Okay, so I sound like I'm being like, so suspicious or something. But you didn't do this like at like, you know, uh, uh, political conventions or anything well, like well, that. Well, oh my God, I used to do it at Netroots Nation. Okay. Mm. So what's that like? What was that like to do comedy? Again, that was fun. I mean, it was like different times. But well, but it's not- interesting though, because I mean, back back to Chelsea Manning, uh, if you ever want like to call, like the, the centrists love to hide behind yeah. LGBT, Q. And LGBTQIA. Don't let, don't let Donald Trump outwoke you. Okay, yeah. Right, right, right. LGBTQIA, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The yeah, centrists love to hide behind the LGBTQIA yeah. people, but like, tell them that uh, Obama tortured a trans prisoner yeah. for five years straight, <laughs> and uh, they get real quiet real fast. Well, like, that, I mean, it goes back to what you were saying about the erasure and, um, you know, silencing and marginalizing all these voices. Like, uh, I, I think it's so, there are two issues. One is that sometimes I get in a little annoyed with these people too. There are some people who they probably, I probably share a lot of their politics, but they're like, who cares about representation at all or the gender, blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of like, I wrote this piece and paste about this Bernie talking about going beyond identity politics. He's not saying ditch them, right? Which is right. what all the, all the liberal, uh, outlets pretended he was saying he was literally saying they are this is like such a basic concept they are necessary but insufficient that's it everything we defend on the left is that like health care necessary but insufficient not get it breaking up the banks gonna end racism no we know that mm. nothing yeah. is gonna end something at, like with the with the snap of its mm. finger right nothing Which will is, make me angrier than that yeah. if, if, if something's not going to fully end racism yeah. it's right. not worth doing so let's not do affirmative action also <laughs> let's not do lily led better Right? Fuck sure. that. Because no. equal pay isn't going to help, you know, isn't going to eliminate sexism. If Let's we're not, not done do with abortion, that, we, do we shouldn't even, you know what? Why are we focusing on abortion? There's well, the, alt, the alt-right does that. The alt-right loves saying that abortion is like Democrat eugenics against like people of color. That's their oh, latest, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I their latest that. twist. So, they, they, uh, oh, sorry. No, I just kind of. But the identity back part is, is important earlier. though. Oh, sorry. Which thing? Yeah, but getting back to what we were talking about earlier, like, no, with the yeah. um, uh, alt right mm-hmm. providing chat, uh, having a, uh, having a say, having a channel, but the left not having it. Like a lot of black people actually do believe that right. about the uh, uh, Planned Parenthood being uh, a plot to get rid of black people. Inside, yeah, yeah. And what is the liberal answer to that? What is the leftist answer to that? There's not a structure there to get those people in. So, like, you literally have. Black people uh, and the, having 
something hearing something from the alt right more than they'll hear from a liberal. You mean because or leftist. because that's the problem. Leftists dismiss or liberals dismiss that. We right. don't have like a left hotepism to like uh, right. capture it because we don't have like a strong black leftist voice that has any kind of prominence, right? Like the closest we have, we have like Cornell West, and that's it. And right. There's nothing. There's nothing, and no one else Neuro that you ever him. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like the liberals hate him, hate his yeah. fucking guts, yeah. treat Funny. him with such. Contempt, they despise yeah. him. They treat him with contempt. And but I loved him until Obama was elected, and then they hated yeah. him. Cornell West. Cornell West, I think, I think, is honestly like one of the most important, like scholars. Of the people last hundred years, he's, yeah, he's and people love dismissing him as this ad. He doesn't represent black people. He, I'm like, fine. I don't think your person who you're citing represents black people either. Like someone the other day was saying to me, and she's of color. She's not black. She's Asian. She was like, mm-hmm. hey, do you know that like Ben Johnson and Nina Turner, they're not like most black people don't identify with them. I'm like, oh, so like you mean black people have politics like white people do? And like, uh, I don't like the most, you know, like the most popular, like middle of the road politician isn't someone who appeals to most white people either. Anyway, but uh, um, well, well, I was yeah. going to ask about on the topic of uh, I, I, I was going to say, well, I, I was going to move on to Confederate actually, but if we want to, oh yeah, Confederate. which I yeah. haven't watched, yeah. is it even on yet? It's not on yet. It's That's not part on of the whole controversy of it. Good, I have a hot take on it. Well, let's talk about since we're since we're talking about yeah. you know uh, uh, white people uh, uh, trying to uh, dictate what black people like and don't like. Uh, yeah. uh, let's talk about Confederate. Yeah. So um, there's this uh, show from the, uh, that's going to be from the g- showrunners of Game of Thrones about alternate history where the Confederacy won and slavery still exists. Which and is, there's I, been honestly, like I think that that's a really cool and interesting idea. That's not something that we've ever seen explored. So I think well, it sounds there really was cool. a Spike Lee documentary. A... I was being sarcastic. Yeah, because it's not. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. sorry, I'm an asshole. We yeah, said. and and so and so um, I can understand why there's a lot of pushback. Uh, against that because Game of Thrones sucks. It um, doesn't really handle a lot of topics very well. You can just look at the Khaleesi story to see like they don't understand or get race whatsoever. So I understand why there's a lot of pushback against that. But like at the same time that people were trending, you know, um, cancel Confederacy, they were also uh, tweeting like, um, them thrones right or thrones y'all thrones y'all so it's like like the black hashtag for game of thrones so like you had black people like on both sides the same issue basically saying showing hbo that you know what even if you do something we don't like we're still going to support you and not only that give you free like black type marketing like we're going to put blackness on this (laughs) extremely white show for you for free even though you're doing something that we personally find horrific and want you not to do. So I don't know why HBO should take them seriously. All HBO has to do really is just hire some black people to be the face of the show, which they already have started to do. Yeah. I think Malcolm Spellman is going to be the head writer. Uh, He's a talented dude. For me, I I just don't see any winning on this one. And if I'm Benny Hoff and Weiss, those guys, I would be begging HBO to not make me do this show. Like, like they announced this. Everyone's so pissed off about it. There's no winning on this one. I would just be like, please, please. I know on Luck. Remember that show Luck that Dustin Hoffman show where, like, it was mega expensive. And then they were like, "Uh, they killed horses. So we have to stop doing it or whatever. Yeah, And then they're going to find some horses to kill on this one and get it canceled pretty quickly. 
Well, but here's the thing. Like, the argument against it, against it is what? Like, well, I mean, give it to me in th 10 seconds, yeah. The argument against it is basically that, like, these guys, Benioff and Weiss, are not... They're not tactful storytellers. Uh, uh, or, you know, going to put a lot of thought right. into this. Uh, uh, you know, they make kind of exploitative television. And okay. they're a pair of white guys uh, uh, right. who are trying to make a show about, like, what it would be like if uh, the Confederacy had uh, uh, won. And I think the argument kind of against that from, you know, a lot of people have been seeing, you know, on uh, online is, like, uh, um, the Confederacy did not lose outright. You know what I uh, mean? Yeah. And, uh, and maybe the Benioff and Weiss says two, you know, uh, sci-fi fans who are very good at pitching and got to do a uh, a fantasy show or maybe not like, like the right guys to explore this topic. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not the subject matter per se. It's like I, who's doing it. I think they're not no, it's happy. It's the subject matter too. Because if, that, it's if the it's subject, subject matter, matter then why is the Handmaiden's Tale okay? I think it is. I, I, I mean, Handmaiden's Tale is boring. I, I think but, that it's some, some mix well, between But I mean, why both. is it ideological? Like, in other words, do people right. who don't it, like... Uh, like so, so it's very specific, right? There's this strain in, among, you know, as black... Um, liberals about basically like no more slave movies, no more mm -hmm. right. those types of narratives that you know they would say is exploiting black pain. So even right. if this was just a move, uh, HBO series, maybe just about slavery, right? About slavery times, I feel like there would be a similar pushback. And I think it has something, it's uh, more, uh, I think it has something to do with like the neoliberal, like aspirational idea. Like I just skimmed through that show, um, it's a race show. I forget what it's called. Insecure. Insecure. Yeah. And like, like every episode has an AF at the end of the at the title. It's like you know, yeah. married AF and things like that. Yeah. So if you fast forward, I fast forward through the show, and like it's nothing but like rich, well-off black people, from what I could tell, right? And like that's the sort of, and it's about presenting this. Um, vision of blackness that's divorced for from suffering and poverty um that is a very you know obama era type aspiration right. and and like i as a leftist don't really like that i'm, I'm not sure. really down with that i think the stories of poor people and black right. poor black people and enslaved black people are worth telling too so that's kind of uh that's my biased take hmm. on it that's basically you know having more shows about black ceos or right. black superheroes who are also kings and also super smart <laughs> and can uh, are big and strong and fast and perfect it's like and everything. ancestry commercials where the guy's like you know what i got my my dna tested and my grandfather was born a slave but bought his way to freedom <laughs> There's two things. One is it's kind of interesting that there's like a pushback against slave films and films of like black struggle. Like Jews, Jews eat up struggling. Like we love it know, when right? it's a Holocaust <laughs> film. Well, with know, with know, Hala, we eat it up like a Spielberg story. What's that? I heard after after uh, Schindler's List, like they were they were supposed to be making a Roger Rabbit too. You guys ever know about Toon this? Platoon? Toon Platoon. Yeah. So it was like going to be Roger Rabbit and all his cartoon friends going to like fight in World War II against like cartoon Nazis and stuff like that. And the movie got killed because after Schindler's List, uh, uh, Spielberg nope. had an edict of no more funny Nazis. Right. He didn't want to do any more movies that had funny Nazis in it. Spiel which I think it's going to make it very difficult for him to make a movie about this time period. Yeah, Spiel say, Spielberg no feels... No modern movies for Steven Spielberg. Spielberg felt guilty. He felt that the Indiana Jones movies actually 
basically wow. downplayed the crimes of the Third Reich. I disagree. I love cart. I love looking at also, Nazis like, as cartoon boots. Yeah, like those right. are old, like propaganda cartoons. You know, while they have a lot of racist stuff in them, like I think it's maybe healthy to be like Nazis are fucking goofball idiots rather than like badass, like stylish killing machines. Or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, it's it's the idea that their their ideology of being like superior beings is just nonsense. Like they're especially today. I mean, today's Nazis are fucking obese and smelly. Yeah. And they don't go out much. And if they do, they're wearing like some fucking alt night proud boy outfits. Like today's Nazis are not, you know, the best of the male species. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that that actually gets into kind of a big thing because there's two types of propaganda, right? There's the kind that mocks your enemy and the kind that exaggerates how dangerous your enemy is. And, and mm. I believe I read a theory that the Nazis used the second kind where they uh, said how dangerous the Americans were while the Americans kind of mocked them more. And that's why um, the, the allies won. But, and that also gets into maybe discourse on the left, like sure. the dirtbag left likes to make fun of the right more than just talk about how fucking evil and terrible they are. And right. there's kind of scary. A yeah, but there's kind of a value in mocking them as yeah. much as, you know, talking about their real dangers. What's well, I mean, and it's because well, part of it is that, like, these people are fucking goofball idiots. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the people who are the enemies yeah. now are some of, like, the stupidest motherfuckers of all time. And, like, I don't know. That's even part of why I don't like a lot of this Russian, Russian hysteria is, like, the idea of even elevating Trump to be, like, a... Smarter uh, than he is. A, like, Russian, like, sleeper agent. Like, he's the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. He thought he was a businessman when he was on The Apprentice. He now I mean, thinks I, that being the president is like being on The Apprentice. He's just a dumb guy. I think that there's this weird, like, uh, it's like, I don't know where the line is, right? Because I think we can use humor to actually arm people with info and educate people, win people over, like, you know, or what Noah would describe as my Nazi uh, inviting to the table or whatever. Right. Um, like, we have more empathy in general, which makes us funnier, because I think you need empathy to be funny. But I think that there is a self-set, a smugness and self-satisfaction that I was blinded to before. So mm. it's not, I don't know if they're funnier or the alt-right, but they're more, they're less contrived. It's crapter. I, 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 I would almost make the argument, though, that, like, I think, like, liberal, liberal comedy has veered so far into the kind of, like, explainer realm like yeah maybe it's not like, even what liberal comedy was before. that's kind of that's kind of what i think it is like i think that they're what makes if the right or if the alt-right like has any edge in funniness it's because of the like fuck it all sort of anarchic nature of comedy of just mm -hmm. like everything exists to be torn down and to be joked about versus like liberal comedy now seems to be you know, it, it, it actually, a lot of liberal comedy reminds me of, like, political advertisements. Right. They when just I watch these, like, pieces on Huffington Post or on, like, you know, these, uh, like, BuzzFeed and stuff. Like, they're just, like... They're uh, sponsored uh, content. Well, no, but they're, they're literally, they're just, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, dictating to you. They're lecturing you about something. Here's how like, to think on this. Here's why you're wrong. Uh, I, I, I'm, like, I don't know. I, I, I should probably cut yeah. this out, too, but I, like, went to UCB... The other day, and I went to see the show that was supposed to be like the best shows at the theater or whatever. And like a third of them are just sort of like you know, share blue Huffington Post style. Like, it's bizarre. I don't think like, you need to cut it. I think it's really sad that, like, look, I watched Million Dollar Extreme, like, those guys are, are awful, yeah, but they are. I mean, look, give me that over like fucking you know. Give me I, I, that over I, I, Seth Meyers any day. I, I Who am I, you know? I think, I think honestly that so much comedy comes from 
observation. Uh, uh, and people are so much more living their lives 100% online now. And if you're just a little bit more normie, like you're living on Facebook and all you're seeing is like Huffington Post articles and stuff. So then when you sit down to write a sketch, you're like, what have I like thought about or heard about recently? It's like, oh, well, like, what if the fucking wage gap was in Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> and then yeah. that's like the entirety of the sketch. That is yeah, kind it, of funny. Wage gap, <laughs> Well, but that's you know that's their big issue. They want they want to solve the CEO wealth gap for you know right. women executives and corporate positions. They want more women to join. You know, you got the 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 fearless girl with the state street sponsored. Who's gonna sponsored get like Sierra. run run down by the bull? Do they not get the optics of that? <laughs> the sending little the bull wins. To their the deaths. bull wins for sure. <laughs> I mean, what's yeah? It's I don't get the symbol. What are we teaching It's such a great girls? critique. It's such a great scathing critique of the unfair power of Wall Street. I mean, it's great. It's not what they intended. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I, I know. know. But, um, they, but, they should add the little girl on the bull's horns, just like vivisected. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. you're definitely gonna get for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, um, Katie, thanks, thanks for talking with us. Thank uh, you. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, great. Fun. We're big fans. So, uh, the thing thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join your guys' Patreon this week. Oh, dope. Um, well, cool. yeah. Thank you so uh, much. And let me know when you guys are in New York. I will. Absolutely. And if you're ever out in LA, let, you know, let us. Yeah, know. I need to go. Uh, my one of my yeah. best friends lives out there. You, okay. I really and, and yeah, thanks for introducing us. Obviously, that was very dope. Oh, of yeah. Course. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Struggle Session. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. If you'd like to shoot us an email, hit us up at thestrugglesession at gmail.com. We are at strugglesession.us if you'd like to check out our Tumblr. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, not me, but us in general, check out at Struggle Sesh, S-E-S-H. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.